Filmmaker and photographer Sean Blacknell decided that his next independent film would tackle some pretty big questions, and the title of the film itself sort of says it all. It's called The End of Work and Death, and in this particular film, to be released later on this year, Sean interviews futurists, economists, philosophers, and other experts about uh, what the future might look like in terms of our jobs, in terms of our economy, and in terms of our lifespans. Without further ado, let's bring on Sean. Hey there, everyone. This is Dan Fagella again with the Tech Emergence Podcast, where we bring you to the intersection of technology and psychology. We've done a lot of interviews as of late um, with uh, folks like Dr. Tanzi. Uh, we had Steve Fuller on, from uh, author of Humanity 2.0. Uh, three of our recent guests, I believe, have one thing in common, and that's that they've also all been interviewed more in-depth for an upcoming documentary called The Future of Work and Death. I'm lucky enough to be on the line with the co-director of that documentary, filmmaker, photographer, uh, Sean Blacknell, who's, uh, again, co-director of The Future of Work and Death, and he's on the line with me right now to talk immortality. Sean, how are you? I'm good, Dan. How are you, mate? I'm, I'm very good. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see how things roll out with you guys as you start to get stuff in front of HBOs and the Sundances of the world and, and all that, but I'm, I'm lucky to catch you before the rest of the world sort of knows about... Uh, your your documentary here. <laughs> I uh, I know that one of the topics that that in normally we talk a lot about kind of cognitive liberty and cognitive enhancement um, at Tech Emergence, but you had gone pretty far in depth on life extension with a lot of the folks who you had interviewed, a lot of PhDs and researchers and really respected folks in that field. From your perspective, having just come out of all of that, what what do you see as some of the, we'll talk about both, both po folks who are optimistic and, and pessimistic. For the people who are optimistic about uh, immortality or, or maybe centuries-long life extension for folks within, you know, in, in the coming decades, um, what, have, what have you seen as the most compelling arguments or, or at least viable arguments that, that this is real, that this might actually happen? Um, well, certainly from uh, meeting uh, Dr. Ian Pearson, the futurologist, He's, he's more or less uh, convinced that we can replicate consciousness onto a silicon substrate. Um, it's still, again, as, as, as I'm sure you're aware, there is, there is no consensus. No, no, not at all. But it's still, it still is just utterly fascinating. And I think he's kind of the firebrand for digital um, immortality. Um, I mean, I'm still not comfortable using the word immortality, and we try to avoid. Yeah, no, I think life extension is a little bit of a more. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's a safer it's a safer term, right? Immortality exactly. sounds yeah. sounds a little bit too deity esque. Yeah, I think religion kind of has the monopoly on that word. Yep, they sure do. They sure do. They beat us to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so um, so some some folks are 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 optimistic that uh, again, life extension may be viable in kind of a digital substrate. I know folks like Aubrey de Grey, for example, really are not thinking about tinkering with the brain as much as they are thinking about uh, knocking back the biological processes that, that actual a actually age um, us. You were just going to say something there, Sean? Yeah, and I, think, and I think that's laudable. He's kind of spearheading um, uh, not just life extension, but to a healthy lifespan. You know, He's, he's not just kind of, well, let's, let's all live longer. He, he really is a pioneer on saying that aging is a disease and we, we can get rid of it. Again, as I've already said, there, there's still no real consensus, but it seems like that these, these, these theories really, really are gaining some, some traction yeah. in their validity. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's what makes the, the film so great is that we can explore this and we really get a chance to, to 
well to, to, to see where it's heading and, and, and with, with so many different um, people at the head of the game. Yeah, and, and various perspectives on it, which is, again, yeah. the proliferating that conversation is certainly uh, the bulk of the, the purpose here at Tech Emergence. Um, it, who, who else have you seen that, that agrees with or leans in, and maybe these are folks you've interviewed on for the, for the documentary, agrees with or, or, or leans towards the DeGrays and the Pearsons of the world who are of the belief that uh, really... Uh, drastic life extension is possible. Who else is in that camp, and and why are they of the belief that that that's even viable in in the world in the coming decades? Well, um, I mean, most notably uh, transhumanists, and uh, it's it's Ray Kurzweil's really kind of, uh, as you know, led the way in in, in that uh, uh, you know that that, that mindset of it, yep. it, it could actually be possible in the near future to live uh, well indefinitely, I suppose. Um, we, we interviewed Ian Pearson, who um, is a huge proponent of the, uh, the transhumanist movement, uh, as well as Zoltan Istvan. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're, they're both, I mean, uh, it's difficult to gauge the kind of the pessimistic, optimistic spectrum, but they, I would personally say they're kind of... Uh, a little bit more on the on the pro than the con, kind of. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Possibly even over-optimistic, um, but, you know, what do I know? <laughs> yep. No, what do, what do I know? Either. Um so yeah, I'm I'm familiar with uh, some of Zoltan's perspectives on yeah. um, on on immortality there, and but I know certainly some of the folks that that you'd spoken with. I know Tansy has a little bit of a different perspective on on digital substrates, but yeah, so, does, yeah. Some some of the folks that you'd spoken with are maybe less uh, optimistic about immortality or or, or about uh, life extension. Um, who who are they, and, and what are the arguments there? You know, I'm sure there's some people that maybe have have medical uh, arguments around why you know uh, fighting the biological processes of aging might be impossible, or uploading human consciousness might be impossible. Who are who are the proponents that you you feel have made reasonable arguments on the other side of the coin? For for consciousness specifically, consciousness, uh, or just just life extension, life extension in general, in any uh, in any well, way, shape, or form. You, you mentioned Tansy. He he doesn't feel that it's it's possible. I mean, we're, that this fifteen pounds of grey matter can be can be replicated onto a, a digital substrate. He he, yep. he feels that as a neuroscientist, he, he's also um, also a very spiritual man, and he, yep. he believes in uh, the soul, to my understanding. Um, so he, he doesn't uh, feel that it's possible. And he, he, we, in the documentary, we touch upon what memory is. And um, uh, uh, Stephen Hammeroff, is it Stephen Hammeroff? Is that right? Am I saying his name right? Oh, uh, I, I know the Hammeroff you're talking about. For whatever yeah, reason, I yeah. don't think it's Stephen, but, um, or he might be, though. It might be. I Hammeroff, I'm familiar with, though, the name. Well, I'm not so good with names. I, I saw him speak at a conference, interestingly enough. But yeah. Right, okay. But he's, he feels that, or at least he thinks um, memory could be stored in um, what's called microtubules. Um, and, and, and Tansy says that, that that may well be possible. It's just he, I think he's, he's really on the, the kind of, you know, it's probably not a viable option. Got it. So it might, um, which it is really interesting to, to hear from, you know, the, uh, a neuroscientist from Harvard. Yeah, especially, yeah. Especially such a, you know... Pioneer. No, big time. I mean, somebody who's who's done so much groundbreaking research in that particular area. Um, yeah, exactly. Anybody that that you spoke with who who was less optimistic than Aubrey on the physical side of life extension. In other words, uh, the the combating of those aging processes. Folks that might think that that's not possible. Anybody that that you spoke with who who holds that perspective. There was no. There's nobody really in the documentary. Uh, to my memory now, that was contending the, the biology behind it. Again, Tansy touched upon... Um, the neuroscience, yeah. Yeah, but he also he also said that really uh, it, it stops at the brain. So sure, you can 
you can uh, you know rectify certain um, um, certain ailments, certain diseases. But uh, as soon as you do, as you get older, more and more are going to pop up, um, and particularly with uh, Alzheimer's and uh, um, you know, dementia, things like that. Yep. Um, it's going to be a real, real challenge uh, to try and stamp them out. Yeah, because well, degenerative diseases, right? I mean, if you're around for longer. Presumably, there's more degeneration well, actually happening. Exactly. Who knows what's going to happen when we live to 120? Who knows what um, diseases are going to be? Exactly. Yeah. Well, what, what will so become popular? He, was basically, then, yeah. he, he still remains optimistic, but he's, he's kind of saying, you know, it's not going to be chocolate all the way through. It's going to be very difficult to get to this point and, 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 and really kind of tackle that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it was still fascinating just to, just to learn there's really no consensus and the subject's so so interesting so profoundly interesting yeah the time will tell i suppose at least to some right. degree i know another one of the uh domains of focus uh, very obviously in your interview was uh work and and hypothetically if we were to live longer i know that there's some folks that are of the belief that um society may improve to to the point or or in a way that that allows us to sort of um bypass maybe the the need to work every day that maybe when the robots and you know, when we're 3D printing as much food as we need and we don't get diseases and, and the, uh, we live very long and then the robots handle the dishes, uh, that uh, we, we may be in a more leisure-filled world. You know, I think, I believe it was Kurzweil or, or uh, someone of his ilk, but I, I believe it was actually Kurzweil who spoke of, you know, a future where maybe we're focused more on the arts and more on creative tasks, a little bit less on doing dishes, a little bit less on taking out garbage, a little bit less on, you know, having to, uh, you know, maybe even brush our... our uh, our biological, you know, our, our enhanced teeth that might brush themselves, you know, whatever the case may be, that that would open up more time for the leisure and the creative uh, side of life. Are there folks who you'd interviewed who were optimistic on that end? That that absolutely, at, okay, absolutely. And again, that that's that's pretty idyllic, and I would I would kind of gravitate to the whole over optimism there. Um, but <clears throat> I see no reason why it will get like that. But equally, you know, who knows what the future is going to exactly. have in store for us. Um, but yeah, certainly the idea of uh, of, um, of robots, but particularly you know AI, uh, um, you know, progress. Everything's progressively getting more uh, advanced. There's no reason to see why it, these these advancements in technology could replace pretty much any work at all. Yeah, and um, and it's, it's AI really that is, is the main concern there, because um, it could effectively replace. Pretty much all work. We, we, um, Murray Shanahan, who um, was the, uh, the future advisor on um, Ex Machina, um, he was saying how you know you might not want to do that, um, but jobs that still will exist will be things uh, jobs that require uh, uh, social skills, human skills, and creative skills. You know, why would you want uh, artificial intelligence? Why do you want a robot to replace jobs like that? So there still will be work. Um, this this idea that we're going to live in some kind of um, moneyless utopia. I mean, who knows? But what we what we found with Martin Ford, who is um, who's an entrepreneur and kind of critic of uh, you know technological unemployment or job obsolescence, he said that we you know the economy is still going to need um, consumers. Ultimately, we're still going to we're still going to need money. You're still going to need these things that are fungible. You still going to need these transactions. You're still going to need trade. Um, so. If everything is made free, you, it kind of tapers to you. Kind of arrive at this conclusion where will money be relevant? Huh. Um, and does so, does Ford does Ford believe that 
it still would? In other words, it's a little silly to think it wouldn't? Well, he, he doesn't know. I mean, we, we discuss basic income um, very vaguely and very minimally in the film, but we didn't go into that. He, he's more saying that we should just prepare ourselves and that it's easy, it's, you know, it's easy for us all to get excited, but there really are some, you know, some horrible, horrible problems uh, in the world that exist already, um, and they really need to be... Uh, Tackled. Yeah, and we'll we'll we can address those as, as yeah. well. In terms of in terms of who else was a little bit more optimistic on mm. the utopian ish, uh, and again, I, I'm afraid to use the word because it almost sounds like I'm I'm uh, patronizing them or something. But yeah, uh, no, I, I, yeah. Uh, but you know, the more idyllic, workless, let's just say, workless or more leisure uh, filled life when uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, whatever the case may be, uh, tackles a lot of of that. Uh, for us, who else, in terms of folks who you'd interviewed, had had, had held the belief that that maybe it, you know we wouldn't be working until we're sixty five, or maybe people wouldn't work at all, or, or maybe there would just be a, a greater influx of sort of leisure and creative activities. Was there anybody else that was on that side of of the fence? Yeah, well, we we both found that our, our executive producer Grace Scott is a a, a massive um, advocate of this, um, and he's you know he's a, he's he's he's, a, he's an optimist, but he's 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 also kind of tentative, you know. He's he, he's saying, "How wouldn't this be great?" Um, there's absolutely no reason to see why this won't, you know, occur in the near future. But he he's still there's still some resistance. There's still like you know there's there's a lot of shit we need to correct before we get to that point. He, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he's a he's a you know he he knows his stuff. He's a big researcher, and uh, yeah, it, it, that seems no reason. He even coined the whole for the the, the slogan for the film of the unemployed immortals. Um, but uh, yeah. So okay, so so he's he is of the belief that you know the uh, employment may in fact not be necessary, and and when we can cover those necessaries uh, via our technologies, that that maybe um, you know the the world will be filled with something. You know, we won't all uh, grab our suitcases at at seven in the morning, uh, or or you know or you know put on our work boots at seven in the morning as we have for however many you know, hundreds or, or thousands of years before we had work boots, and uh, and that maybe day-to-day life will be filled with something else. So it's interesting to hear that that was his perspective as well. A- anybody who argued on the other side of the, the, the coin, in other words, of the belief that, man, you know, if we're living for a long time or if we have plenty of automation, uh, there's still going to be a lot of duking it out for jobs, and by golly, we should not even, you know, or maybe it's less viable to think that we won't be working uh, and and maybe there's some people that think that we really still will, even if there is life extension, well, there is automation. Who who's in that camp? Martin Ford, um, again, he he is a critic of, of of the notion that we're going to be you know you know living in a more leisured society, uh, and also Will Self, who's a, 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 a an excellent social commentator, I'm a big fan of his, and he's a he's an excellent writer. He he as well, he he he, he provides these kind of sobering thoughts. Because, as I said, it is very, you can easily get excited about these new forms of technology and where they're taking us. But, you know, it's quite easily, it's quite easy to forget um, the repercussions of that. And he's saying that, you know, there's, there's no real reason to expect the world to be any different. In fact, he says we live in a discontinuous society. Um, <clears throat> in so, what sense? In what sense? Well, so, you know, right now I can, I can go to the opticians pretty much for free example um whereas places in sub-saharan africa that live in abject poverty they're still having their corneas removed with a needle so it's again it, it's and 
it's very easy for the West to forget the rest of the world. I know that is a kind of pap comment when we talk about uh, technology, but I then again we're going into the territory of um, of the main problem with uh, with advancement technology is that it can kind of broaden the chasm between rich and poor. I mean that's a real concern. That's something that Martin Ford really is. That, that's his that's his main kind of concern is that it's gonna it's gonna broaden the uh, the gap between rich and poor. And then why does he think that? I'm interested in, in sort of, um, you know, I know Kurzweil obviously is a little bit uh, more optimistic about, you know, things being real nice and, and folks, although at the same time, I suppose, you know, when you work for Google, you, you don't want to like, right? I mean, wouldn't it be bad? Like, can't you, aren't you not allowed to do that, right? Like, you, you can't, like, he can only really have one opinion. So uh, yeah. anyway, so, so, you know, that is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, so why, why does, uh, why does Ford believe that, that chasm may in fact widen. What, what does he think well, will contribute let's to that? take work for, um, for an example. Um, so fast food, for example. Um, oh, my, my, my stats in my head right now are kind of all muddled and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, as, far yeah. as, as far as I remember, um, it's, it's all in the documentary, don't worry. Um, as far as I remember, um, there's three million fast food workers, right? Um, in, the, I, in the U.S. Okay. alone. Okay, in the all US right. Alone. Seems viable. Um, uh, yeah, that sounds quite a lot actually, but I'm pretty sure it's three million. Um, there are there's going to be there's a Yukimo robot right now that's being developed which can make burgers uh, from scratch. Um, there's also Momentum Machines, which is in San Francisco. Um, they they've been accused of they they've already preemptively been accused of putting people out uh, of work in the fast food industry, <laughs> and th there seems to be no reason why they won't. Um, and again, personally, I, I don't see it as a, a terrible thing, but it will it will affect many, many people. And Martin Ford is saying that there is nothing in place, there are no systems or policies in place um, to deal with that. And he's basically saying there will be a wave of technological unemployment, and when people are can't find work because they have you know uh, uh, you know very few set skills, um, what are they going to do? What are they going to do for money? And of course, that will affect the economy because they're not, you know, they're not being as much consumers as they were when they were earning money. Um, and this is where I go into, you know, basic income as a well, is it a viable option? I, I don't know. I'm still on still on the fence with that, as I am with, with many topics of the film. Yeah, for sure. So, so Ford Ford is of the belief that, and I think this sounds viable. Uh, you know, as as individual technologies are rolled out, there will be sort of waves of impact in terms of how that affects broad swaths of uh, of of industry. Mm -hmm. So yeah, fast food, industry, yeah, fast food being one of one of many. And then yeah. it, it sounds to me, and I mean, this would seem somewhat logical. You know, even if we did have some kind of a you know a happy ending where we're all in glowing white rooms with three D printers that can print whatever we want, and right, and yeah. we don't and we don't go to work or whatever the case may be. Not that that's what it'll be like, but I'm just some kind of leisure filled uh, yeah, future yeah, yeah. with like yeah. even if we get there. Uh, man, doesn't it seem like there would at least be a whole bunch of those hurdles uh, where the waves come and the waves come and the waves come, and, and in, until everything's hunky dory, there's going to be a bunch of folks in pretty rough spots. So that that sounds somewhat reasonable. Anybody exactly, else? Yeah, well, go ahead. It, what, what, the um, the argument for that that comes up quite a lot is um, the industrial revolution when that happened. Yes. There were the, the Luddite revolution, of course. Yep. Well, not so much revolution, but the Luddite movement. Yep. Now, a, a generation or two really had to suffer you know, for that. However, we don't regret that now, do we? 
it was a great thing. Yeah, we're we're okay. Yeah, we we yeah, we have benefited. Yeah, we we make yeah people have clothes now. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we don't regret that it happened, but when it happened, it was. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. The other the other um, the other argument that people contest with this is that well, technology creates more jobs. Now. This, that, that, that's this, black that's black and white obviously it's kind of a yeah. silly statement standing by itself it's a pretty silly statement but i know what you mean and i don't think it's totally wrong i'm just saying it's not totally sure, right either exactly. yeah but again it's very difficult to, to talk about something which has kind of you know neither of us are soothsayers and as i've said none, no one in the documentary uh you know they're, they're just educated guests uh, guesses um yep. very well educated guesses i hasten to add but you know guesses nonetheless um but uh yeah so, um, all right. Well, I, uh, I, I think, you know, certainly when the, the entire documentary is out, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be flicking it on to say the least. I know that, uh, digging into more of Tansy's thoughts is nothing other than interesting and, and, uh, Fuller's yeah. a very smart man, someone I'm glad to have been able to meet. So I'll be excited about it. If people, uh, Sean, if people want to learn about the documentary itself, uh, before it's out or, or maybe they'll listen to this after, um, you've already kind of published it and gotten it out there, uh, where would they go on the web to find you guys? Yeah, they can go to gadflyproductions.co.uk. Got it. Okay, fantastic. Sean Blacknell, thank you so much for being here on Tech Emergence. Nice one. Cheers, Dan. Thanks very much. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, if you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience, then be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, more than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Um, so with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>